Welcome back to Square Horror. I am your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm the master of ceremonies, Matt. That sounded a little louder than usual. You're really I, excited. I felt I felt excited about recording today. I'm I'm in a good mood, y'all. <laughs> good, awesome, awesome. Uh, we need that energy. Save that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so we're back. We're going to be continuing our series on uh, postmodern sequels. I mean, it's more mm-hmm. or less just a, a bit of a series, a bit of an amp up uh, with Happy Death Day 2. Ooh. You. Soldier Boy Toll. <laughs> yes, uh, this is uh, Christopher Landon's 2019 sequel to his original Happy Death Day from 2017, yeah. which we have already covered on the podcast. Feel, make sure you've tuned into that episode before you listen to this one, because this one will have some spoilers about the right. original Happy Death Day. You'll also get a lot more out of this episode if you've just listened to our Happy Death Day episode, because just like that movie, or that episode, that whatever the hell, this is right after Happy Death Day the movie like takes place almost like mm-hmm. seconds after the credits roll. So like it, it, it kind of works with the right. Same yeah. scene. The last yeah. movie ended with exactly. So it kind of makes sense to bleed into it that way. Sort of like our episode probably will. And I probably yeah. should have listened to it before <laughs> we <Yeah>. did this, <laughs> but I didn't and it'll be fine. So yeah. <laughs> Kevin Williamson from the nineties wrote, I know what he did last summer scream. He wrote a lot of like the teenage horror slasher movies that were popular at the time that kind of grew to define the next 15 years of movies. Correct, Danny? Mm-hmm. Correct. So nowadays um, for slasher movies, we either get requels or we have stuff that's written by Blumhouse. Usually Christopher Landon, yes. who is like this generation's Kevin Williamson. He wrote mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity two through whatever they've just done. Um, the Scout's yeah. Guide to the Apocalypse. Um, most recently, Netflix's We Have a Ghost. Which I still not have not. I still have not watched that. Uh, and Freaky, mm-hmm. which we've also covered way back when. Yeah. Yeah, we did cover that right away, didn't we? It was like a bonus episode, though. We haven't, like, I don't think we actually gave it a whole time. Because it was part of the two movies that came out during 2020 that were horror movies. It was this and Complex. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Brit is in that? Oh, Brit is in this? And John Gallagher Jr. From Hush. I love John Gallagher Jr. Uh, Okay, so we were just talking to any listeners who care. I'm just going to put this out there um, based on another John Gallagher Jr. movie. Since we covered Hush a couple episodes ago, um, Mike Flanagan went on his Tumblr account in the past week and a half and essentially did a tell-all about how Hush came to be created, and it's a fascinating read. What Highly kind of recommend it to anyone who cares about the making of that movie. What's kind of what were some good nuggets did you find? Well, like they create uh, Kate and uh, Mike created it while they were on a date because they were both like, okay, we've made like a movie but we need like a big break and if we don't create it for ourselves it's not gonna happen so they started writing hush for that and he was essentially like this was always created as a like star vehicle for kate siegel that is what the movie was essentially nice Nice. and they went to jason blum and were like hey can you help us make this movie and he's like yeah let's do it make it happen and he probably also at the same time said hey would you mind writing and directing the new ouija movie but we'll get to that on the mm-hmm. next episode of square Horror. yeah <laughs> um so we were talking before about how much we also loved the first happy death day movie right before we started recording you were talking mm-hmm. about how much you really enjoy that movie yeah i think it is a great uh, modern horror take on the Groundhog Day story. I really like what it does, and I really like what it does specifically for our main character, Tree, played right. by uh, Jessica Roth, who returns for this movie as our main character again. And much like in the first movie, she has a large emotional arc in this movie, which I think is the crux of what makes this such an enjoyable watch, is seeing this character go through so much that you may have thought was fixed after the first movie, but in a new set of circumstances, there's a new set of problems that she has to overcome. I definitely have to give credit to Jessica because, because tree is for me, at least for the first movie, a very hard to like character and her character Mm -hmm. and the emotional arc that her character goes on in that movie. And in this one too, when she's a much more likable person, um, yes, I think it's just a big testament to how well Je- that Jessica plays her because it's a it's a goofy movie and this one is is even more comedic. 
Um, and they yeah. play all of the emotions, whether they're happy or they're scary or they're sad, a lot more than they like, and they let them persist a lot more than they did the first movie. So mm-hmm. she is able to bring it to being true yeah. in a way that she killed it the first time and is able to do even more so this time. Yeah. I want to see Jessica Roth in more things. I know she's having a good career, but I just oh, yeah. want to see her more. It's like how we always talk about, like, whenever Samara Weaving's in something, we're like, hell yeah, Samara Weaving! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get Jessica Roth in the next Scream movie. Just maybe Dude, don't kill her right away. honestly, that would be fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about the fucking uh, possibility of a third movie being, like, a jump to other Blumhouse properties, and if they go to Scream, I mean, that'd be kind of fun. I would not be opposed to that. Neither would I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we want to talk about more people in the cast as we cuz like we said we talked about the cast from the first movie in the first episode mm-hmm. and this one has a lot of the same characters but there's also more character like new characters. So I feel like I definitely focused more on those for when I was looking at it. Yeah, so um this movie had to um find a lot of the same actors they had the first time around because much like the first movie, it's all about the same time, just a day later. Yeah, it's the next uh, day. So we needed all those extras to stick around and be the same people. <laughs> I can't believe they found all of them. I don't know how they did it. It must have been a wild time, but I'm so proud that they did. Um, but that being said, we do have um, specifically two people come to my mind as um new characters that were brought into this movie mm-hmm. and i'm so sorry because i know i'm gonna mispronounce these names but um there's uh suraj sharma as yeah. samar ghosh and uh um sarah yarkin as dre morgan are yeah. two new additions to our main cast we also get more from Pai vu who is uh ryan who's the roommate from the first movie because this yes. is kind of they, he really steps it up, too. I feel like it, it's really cool that they bring his kind of one-note character and they give him a little bit more to do. And, I don't know, he, he does really well. And this seems to be one of the first things that he, as an actor, has, like, really been able to shine in. So I'm really glad that he mm-hmm. used this and was like, I'm just going to bring... Like, everybody brings it. Everybody knows exactly yeah. what this movie is and they're able to perform in such a way that are like, it's funny when it needs to be funny and it's very serious when it needs to be serious. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. that. It, it's it's unique in a very specific, like, how this guy writes. You know, like, how uh, um, Landon writes is very much like, it's going to be goofy to the point that people like Matt are going to be like, this is kind of dumb. And then it's going to be like, yeah, what if it was real? And I'm like, you did it again, happy death day. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, didn't know that uh, Suraj Sharma was the kid from Life of Pi. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> He's just like over here in this movie when he was on he was in this movie that was like this was that was what, uh twenty twelve. But it not it got nominated think, for like yeah. all these Oscars and it was incredible. Have you seen it? Life of Pi, yeah. Dude, it's I so didn't think good. we watched it in like high school English class after we read the book. Yeah, and it's, it's very wild. good. It's very Life good. Life of Pi is such a fascinating thing. I'm so glad it's uh, a stage show now too oh like, really see how they do that because like it's a four-person puppeteered tiger oh yeah and like a rotating uh turntable stage with the boat on it wow and like how they light it is just so impressive i i would kill to see it i'm looking at this thing right now it says that siraj was one of three thousand people to audition for the role of pie and he only attended the audition because his younger brother asked him to. And that's just like every single actor I love when that, happens. that gets a part <laughs> is like always like just the guy that they see like, man, all these people. And then like someone will be like sweeping up and they're like, wait, you. And then it's always like they're perfect for it <laughs> and they nail it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, Sarah Yarkin, who's the other research assistant, um, she's most recently been in the Netflix original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did you think she was familiar from somewhere? <laughs> I knew she was familiar. I just couldn't place where she was yeah. from. That's what I did when I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was last year, uh, 2022's Netflix original uh, TCM. And when I was watching that, I was like, I know her from somewhere. And it was because this movie had come out like a couple years prior. Okay, yeah, that'll do it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we do I... also have uh, the Dean is another new character. <laughs> yeah. It's not as fun as Community's Dean. I will put that out there. Um, <laughs> but he's played by um, Steve Zissis, um, who I don't really know from any other movies, but I know has made appearances on a lot of, like, classic sitcoms in the mid-2000s, like The Office, Parks and Rec, and Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that he wrote Corella, the Disney movie that came out two years ago? Did he really? He did. <laughs> Holy shit. That's like his top credit. I'm like, we were in it? He's like, no, 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 he wrote it. I'm like, whoa, whoa! That's wild. Yeah, um, I think he's just like the Dean from Community. Uh, quite funny, and uh, I think oh, that yeah. they, it's one of those things that they'll bring in to be like, we just need some goofy times. Bring the Dean in. <laughs> bring in the Dean. There is one more guy. He he was in the first movie, uh, and he pops up a little bit here and there in this movie, but um, the, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Tim, the, the guy that Tree dated who was like, she's like, you're gay. And he's like, you know what I am? Yes. And he's like, happy. So this guy, Caleb Spilliards, who plays him, um, he's like insane into uh, fight choreography and stunts and all of this like stage combat stuff. Like, mm-hmm. his credits, just going back to like 2020, is like Tenant, Birds of Prey, Spider-Man No Way Home, Shit. Hawkeye, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Black Adam, and that's just the last like three years. Um, and on oh, his IMDb, damn. it's so cool, because I, I, like, I was just curious to see what he was doing. And the the little like reel that they sometimes have like right next to the the actors' headshots, it's just like mm-hmm. his highlight reel of like here's the different like stage combat stuff I can do. And it was like here's my stunt work, here's the like home videos I shot with my friends of like knife fights and shit. And I'm like this guy seems really fucking cool. And I love that he's just like hanging out as like, do you want to just be this this gay jock who doesn't know he's gay, just for like two seconds for a gag. He's like, sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. He makes me happy. His character's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I I'm glad that they kind of like nod to him in this movie without making him too much of a focus again. Yeah, like when but he's in the basketball that, like, game, he is happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm also really glad that he doesn't like die or like is the killer or something like that. Yeah, they just let him be happy. <clears throat> I appreciate it. I need that shit. He needed that, too. Right, right. Um, so, one more thing before we get into this. I was talking to Danny beforehand that this movie feels very much like... Because we talk about the bleed-in. Um, in that sense, mm-hmm. for horror movie sequels, it feels very much like Halloween 2. Uh, we've been covering um, like these postmodern sequels, and kind of like most of the time, they kind of are their own movies in their own right. And this is the exception mm-hmm. because it's so directly a sequel that it might as well just be more of the same movie. And for some movies, especially like Happy Death Day or like the example like with Halloween, they're good enough that if you can make a a sequel that takes place at like the same day and convincingly Mm -hmm. make it seem like like I never stop watching the same movie, that's really cool. And this movie does that in all but like tone, but the tone's purposeful. But everything else about it is yeah. very cool that they kept it so real. Like, they kept all the characters, like, how they interact with each other, exactly what they remember from, like, the last time they were in a specific place or saw a specific mm-hmm. person. To the point that I was like, man, I really should have watched Happy Death Day before this movie. Well, yeah, and, like, Christopher Landon was talking about when uh, he was writing it, he kind of took his similarities mostly from uh, Back to the Future Part 2 um, for this that tracks. sequel. Which makes a lot of sense, and is also why there's some uh, Back to the Future references in this movie, like yeah. <laughs> uh, Biff's tree removal tree- wood chipper. I didn't even notice the wood chipper, but I was thinking mm-hmm. about when, I think it's uh, Carter or somebody says something about Back to the Future, and then the writer remembers, oh yeah, tree like sucks and doesn't know a lot of things that are good so she hasn't seen 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 back to the future because wasn't the last movie like she hasn't seen ghostbusters or something something like that yeah i think it was because it was at the very end he was like oh yeah he made like a comment about ghostbusters and she's like what's that and i'm like listen your mom didn't die until you were a little bit older you didn't watch ghostbusters (laughs) at all you just suck (laughs) 
<laughs> Obviously, I'm glad no you're hate. Taking the defense of I have to. I have to. Somebody <laughs> has to. Someone's got to be the fucking like Rottweiler in the front yard barking at leaves that pass by, just in case they may be threats. <laughs> Obviously, we don't hate you if you haven't seen Ghostbusters. It's totally fine. We would hesitate to say we even don't like you if you didn't like Ghostbusters, Danny. Yes, I I, I would hesitate to say it. We are big peacemakers um, on yes, a lot of we things. Are a lot of, of things. People. Right, right, right. Um, just be nice if you're gonna not like Ghostbusters, though, because uh, some of us. Yeah, do. like don't argue with me about it, or else I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll then I'll take it personal. Yeah. You can argue with me, though. I, I live for that type of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into this movie? <laughs> uh, oh, there's one more thing I want to get into before we start the movie, and that's just I want to always um, take notice. Whenever this guy shows up, because um, Bear McCreary did the yep. score for this movie. What a legend, and man. And I love his work. He's, He's so good. He's like, stylized um, composer. Yeah. And, like, uh, I first really noticed his work when I watched the uh, Child's Play 2019 remake. Yes, yes. With his, like, insistence on using toy instruments in that score. Yeah. Which was just brilliant. The next like, thing he, he did start... was, I think, the God of War PS4 game, too. Yes. Um, well, and he started with Wrong Turn 2. That was his first... <laughs> really? ...soul-composing score. Like, so he in, like, 2005? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And now he's gone on to do the two God of War... Uh, the two most recent God of War movies, which both won a bunch of awards for his composing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he, uh, I didn't watch Rings of Power yet, but he scored Rings of Power. So, like, if you're mm-hmm. gonna step into the shoes of, like, um, James Newton Howard, who did all of the Lord of the Rings movies, because, like, every second of those movies is, like, scored, pretty much. And he's yep. about to be like, okay, no, it's like The Hobbit. It was like, no one did Lord of the Rings music for, you know, years. And, like, Barry McCreary is just, like, the guy you call up when he's, like, I want it to be stylized and original to the point that, to me, I can't even, like, draw parallels between all of his work. It just sounds so unique, everything that he does. Because I think he takes approaches like what you said about Child's Play, where he's, like, what is very authentic to what makes this movie this movie, and how do I capture Mm -hmm. that? And that's really cool. Like, I wish I knew music theory and shit, because, like, Mm -hmm. I love... On like a like a themes level, like the type of shit that they always do, but like I couldn't explain it. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, let's get into this movie. Hell yeah! So we start following not Tree and Carter, but following Ryan waking up in his car on September nineteenth. Um, right. He, <laughs> all who remember, September eighteenth was the day that Tree kept reliving in Happy Death Day. So it is now the next day. Yeah, thankfully, it. it is the next day, because for the love of God, if I had to live through another September 18th, I would go mad. And Ryan is just trying to get into his room so he can get so he can sleep in not his car, which I believe he said smells like Hot Pockets. Uh, well, um, I mean, whose fault is that, Ryan? It's it's his. It's right. But he also wants some clean underwear. And you know That's what? True. He deserves that at least. And hey, I mean, there's an unspoken rule. Now that both of us have finished college, (laughs) we can tell you uh, that dorm life is very much like, okay, it's all about compromise, all right? Yeah. And sure, your, you know, nerdy roommate Carter is finally getting some, but like, you can't just banish Ryan to his car. Ryan is working on very important scientific research and he just needs clean underwear, damn it. Yeah, he's trying to work on a quantum reactor, and you want him in his his old underwear? Yeah, what are Come you doing? On, You're man. fucking an English major? Some bullshit like that, Carter? <laughs> Again, no hate to English majors, but, like, Carter, come on! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, when he gets kicked out of his room again because Carter throws a pillow at him, um, <laughs> he heads off to work on his experimental quantum reactor with Samar and Dre, um, which I believe is them trying to slow time... Is I think they wanted to slow time down. Um, and I do want to note that um, their device is called um, Sisyphus. Sisyphus, yeah. Sisyphus <laughs> um, which for people who know Greek mythology yeah. is um, the person who had to roll a boulder up a hill every day for it to just roll down at the end of the day so you could do it all over again. So it's all it's, about 
you guessed it, reliving the same day over and over again. But why would they name it that if they didn't know that's what they were doing? That's like if you, like, built a machine that was like, no, no, this is like for medicine science or whatever, and you named it, like, anthrax. You're like, hmm... I don't think it's going like to do that, what it intends to do. I think at that point it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of doom. Exactly. And in that way, maybe <laughs> that's what quantum science is. Because quantum mechanics, quote-unquote, quantum mechanics, is slowly becoming the new, the new like, parapsychology. Like, from like, speaking of Ghostbusters, <laughs> how we were like, parapsychology just means, like, I don't know, maybe it's science. And you just do shit. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it because it's just, like, I don't need there to be realistic scientific reasons all the time. But, like, mm-hmm. if we're going to be doing, like, parallel universe stuff, it's like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the dean shows up and is not happy because the project is not working and is causing power outages. So he's I like, really you know like what? the uh... we're shutting this down. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love the Dean because he's, he gets to be one of those actors that gets to be like, shut this project down now! And I love when characters get to do that. Yeah, like, we, we, I remember when we talked to Megan, I was like, I specifically was jealous of this character because he gets to hit all of the, like, stereotypes in an AI movie of, like, this project needs to be shut down. And then he's like, this project's great! And, like, all that type of shit. This yeah. Dean is stuck on the shut this project down stage. Um, and it's kind of hilarious because the Dean kind of, uh, uh, sucks. <laughs> he's kind of not a nice yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, he's not great. Um, and as the day goes on, uh, later on, Ryan is murdered by a baby face. Yeah, Ryan gets murdered, um, well, he, he first gets that, like, who's sending pictures of me... Like, yeah. you know, holy shit thing. Because that means that it's not just, like, Ryan ran into the killer from the last movie who just didn't escape because we know what happened to those killers. But now he's yeah. just getting, like, hunted. And it, I really feel mm-hmm. bad um, that my homeboy lost his churro during that nice fake-out. Because, uh, man, I really just wanted a churro after that. Yeah. A churro <laughs> does sound good right about now. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, man. But it's really cool, though, that, you know, Ryan gets killed and wakes up back in his car. And then he has that, you know, obligatory scene of, like, I think all this shit is the same. You know, kind of like Tree had on her first day. Well, and Tree sees his face and goes, oh, no, I know what this is. Because she's (laughs) been there for too long. Right, like, she just finished it. Like, to her, it, like, it just ended. And this is kind of like, you know when, like, sometimes movies will end up be like, everything's back to normal. And, like, the last four seconds will be like, it's not! And then it's just over. This is like, what if that movie got a sequel? (laughs) Yeah. Because she, Uh. I mean, this is that, like... A, a refresh, refresh take on the Groundhog Day trope is like, what if you've beaten the cycle? It's like, you've gotten out of it. Most movies end mm-hmm. after that. It's like, what happens then once you're out of it when it happens to somebody else? Yeah. When you become the all-knowing. Right. You just know everything. And you, you can understand, like, all right, now I don't have, like, a fear of death. Um, I've died dozens of times. Um, and she's like, listen... The thing we need to do is find whoever's killing you and kill them before they kill you. <laughs> Correct. And they find out that the reactor created the original loop. Right, the Sisyphus. Three. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you the asked Sisyphus. for this at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is when they do say that they were trying to slow down time. And I was like, mm. You're, this is a bad idea for a college project. <laughs> right? Like, it, it seems a little too... It's, yeah, it seems a little bit like big um to like because you're not gonna do it and so that means you're inevitably going to be like okay well we have to explain why it didn't work and it's just gonna make you guys sound dumb when you're like because it's impossible (laughs) yeah Um, it does work it works even better than they anticipated yeah Uh, and tree and carter helping out ryan they manage to unmask this baby face killer and who could it be it's Ryan. It's you. A different Ryan. The killer is you. Uh, and Ryan does not know how to deal with the fact that he is staring himself in the face. Yeah, uh, and he, especially Ryan. His, uh, 
Yeah, no, Future Ryan's like, hey, I need to kill you for this loop to finally close. And Ryan's like, uh, how about no, I'm just gonna go turn on Sisyphus real fast. And Future Ryan's like, no, don't, don't do that. That's what, that's what causes issues. Right, so like Future Ryan came back in time from the future. He didn't have a cool facial scar, though, unfortunately. Um, and he true. wants to kill present Ryan um, because of what has what Sisyphus the consequences of Sissy being around at all. Like the the fact mm-hmm. this machine exists it just causes apparently a lot of damage to the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a full on multiverse movie because this is twenty nineteen when they're popular. Yeah. I- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm glad we're kind of over that hump a little bit. Like we're kind of, I think we're past that. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, but I yeah, superhero movies are still there, but everything else is kind of moving on. I think superhero movies are getting close too. But I'm, and I'm glad though because I feel like they've understood. Like, listen, we know that no one really gives a shit about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I um, will say, you know, he when he turns sissy on. Um, a new time continuum fracture thing, uh, it, it, it busts open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I audibly screamed when, uh, Tree woke up in the same bedroom scene from the first movie. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> also, I do want to give a shout out to the costume designer of this movie, because she was like, no, I'm not having her in the same clothes every single day again literally I'm she's like i'm changing <laughs> and so like tree has like 20 different outfits she wears in this movie yeah, and the costume every designer morning. went off and i love it yeah every morning the first thing she did was go home and change and then well, yeah, cause she was <laughs> like i'm not wearing these clothes anymore oh my god <laughs> and shortly after she wakes up she realizes that this isn't quite the same time loop she was stuck in before. Right. Some she goes are a little bit different. Yeah. The first thing that she does, because she's over this shit at this point, the very first thing yeah. she does is to go kill her roommate, uh, who mm-hmm. was the killer in the last movie. Um, but then she realizes that things are different. And this is very similar to another hero's reference. Uh, how time travel works is not that you go back in time to your timeline. is that you go back in time or forward or whatever to another parallel universe. So yeah. things are different when you go back in time. Mm-hmm. And the other uh, her was theoretically kicked out and thrown somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so a, a well-adjusted shock, tree is somewhere out there. <laughs> the biggest shock to Tree is that Carter, her boyfriend in her original timeline, is dating her frenemy from her sorority, Danielle. Listen, Danielle in this universe, I think, is worse than Danielle in the original <laughs> universe. Because Danielle in the old universe was unapologetically a bitch. And I could mm-hmm. kind of, you know, forgive that. But this yeah. Danielle is just terrible in every way. I think Danny, and I'd mean this with absolutely no offense, simply because she is an actor. <laughs> I'm not mad. I get it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm like, I mean this with love, but like, Danielle is into acting, and I'm like, how? I can see why Carter's dating you, but like, mm-hmm. how could anyone want to be around you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, luckily, Ryan pretty early on is like, hey, maybe Sissy created a, like, dimension-shifting thing, and it worked. Right, and because... like, just get me the fuck home. Like, Ryan is intelligent enough to build a quantum teleporter, right? So he's at least got some brains going on to start trying to figure out the situation. Because unlike Tree, when now that he is, you know, part of this... He can actually help with, like, what mm-hmm. the mechanics of what's going on. And, like, poor Tree is having to learn quantum mechanics because she is the only one who's going to remember anything. Oh my god, that's such a nightmare. <laughs> um, and there's a whole game change when Tree finds out that in this reality, her mom is still alive. Right. 
Right. This is where the movie takes a complete gut punch turn, and you're like, oh, I guess it's not going to be all silly and goofy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not such a simple answer of just get me out of here because I want to get home. It's like, it's whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Which wait. sacrifice are you willing to make? Right. Because she doesn't have Carter in this, but she does have her mom. But, like, she knows Carter. She's known Carter for, like, two weeks. Yes. Barely. Correct. I am not buying it. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's a great guy. It's so easy, quickly, to be like, no, I want to stick with my mom. "Eh, How about upgrade? Because also, like, uh, Tree isn't a shitty person in this reality because she didn't lose her mom. Like, yeah, she's, you know, like, yeah, there's all these other changes going on, but a lot of them, it's kind of like an It's a Wonderful Life version of Tree's life, is like, if she hadn't lost her mom, she wouldn't have become so shitty, and then her life wouldn't have spiraled to the point that a bunch of people were trying to kill her. Um, yeah. But people are trying to kill... Carter still, right? Or is she just trying to figure out what how to get back? Is there a killer? Well, there at, is a killer. At, there is a killer, but at first she goes to the hospital because she's like, okay, I know what happens. There's John Toombs in the hospital right. and I gotta take him out because he's probably the killer in this universe. Right. Um, and uh, the she goes to the hospital and uh, John Toombs is not in the room but the police officer is and is not happy that Tree walked in wielding an axe. No, and she tried to steal his gun. <laughs> yeah, and so um, she gets handcuffed, and then the killer kills the police officer, and Tree starts running and runs into Lori in the right. elevator. So it can't be Lori either. not the killer. Right, uh, right. And Lori tells Tree that the killer can't be Tombs because she just took Tombs down for surgery. Right. So there's uh, at least somebody new in the mask. So it's not Lori and yeah. it's not Tombs. So there's at least somebody else who's got the same idea. And I think it's just because, again, their mascot of their school is so terrifying that yeah. anyone who would want to kill anyone would just be like, and I just take the baby mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the killer ends up stabbing Lori. So Lori does die in this and then chases Tree to the roof where Tree accidentally falls off the roof to her death, because there are no guardrails on the roof of this hospital, which yeah. seems like a massive where safety concern. Where are the fire codes? I, I'm... Yeah, Danny, I'm fucking mad here, okay? <laughs> I, <laughs> I do want to also mention, I think it's kind of funny, they had to rebuild the hospital as a set, because they used a real hospital in the first one, but it had been gutted between the two movies. Oh, really? So they had to rebuild this hospital as a set instead of just going to use a hospital. Well, right, because it had to be the same hospital. That was, like, their mm-hmm. big thing, is that it needs to look identical to the first movie. Um, yeah. So the plan now is that Tree is stuck in the mm-hmm. same fucking day again until uh, she helps the um, the quantum... I'm just calling them the quantum grads... Uh, find the correct okay. algorithm to reset the loop to send her back to her reality. But like you said, she's also like, well, do I want to leave? But there is this killer, so I, you know, there's all these things to contend with because the more the tree dies, kind of like the first movie, the more like damage her body suffers in like a weird physical way mm-hmm. and every time she wakes up. Well, and I do think it's kind of interesting that in this one, rather than like face the killer while she's going through these... Um, tests of the quantum team she kills herself at the end of the day right so that it's just like a guaranteed hopefully fairly painless kill and like they're wild deaths that she chooses listen i (laughs) she is a little too inventive and having fun with it because like she starts out simple with like a bathtub and a hairdryer you know right classy then she's drinking drano in a grocery store and she, like, does it in front of somebody. Like, this is Smile oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus well, tree. Then, um, Jessica Roth's favorite of her deaths in this movie was actually one that was added in post-production, which is um, her skydiving death. Yeah. Where she jumps out of a plane without a parachute and lands flipping off the camera right in front of Carter and Danielle making out on a bench. Well, yeah, because it's kind of funny how upset she gets over the fact that Danielle and Carter are dating, because I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. Why do you give a shit? It's Carter. I know he's sweet, yeah. but like, you barely know him. Yeah. And he's actively dating another woman in front of you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen Guardians uh, of the Galaxy yet? The new one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do this trope, too, where there's a lot of, like, oh, but, like, I know things that you don't know. And you're like, bitch, but they don't know that you know those things. Yeah. <laughs> like, she keeps uh. creeping on Carter, and he's, like, kind of into it. But I'm like, okay, dude, she just, you don't, you barely know her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and eventually, after all of these deaths, her injuries do start to catch up with her, and she's taken to the hospital. And when she's there, uh, she steals a gun to try to kill Tombs, and she finds that Lori has already been stabbed by Tombs. Yeah. And so, uh, Tree does kill Tombs, who has the baby face mask on, uh, but a second baby face killer appears... Oh my god. And Tree has to kill herself and the killer by shooting an oxygen tank in a hospital. Yeah, just like Halloween 2. Yep. Um, I it comes think... back to Halloween 2. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I think that this was... Oh man, where is this in the movie? Because I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. I know a bunch of uh, time bullshit happens, but are we trying to avoid all the quantum stuff? I I only have so much of the quantum stuff still in my head. If you want to get into it, I'm okay with that. I mean, not that. really. I just was like, wait, um, I think, because, yeah, because he, I don't know. During that whole point, like, yeah, they, the, the quantum stuff is a bit of a, is a bit of a bore, but they, they do bring up the, you know, moral dilemma that Carter brilliantly points out that Tree's losses over time, like, losing her mm. mother and, like, having to go through the experience of repeating the same day a bunch of times have turned, have made her into who she is. And he yeah. urges her to use this time. Like, cause they reset the loop. Like after I think about eight or nine times of testing different variations of the equation to like fix the time loop that tree has, mm-hmm. like you said, been able to remember whole strings of like advanced physics, I think. Um, like, yeah. equations to, like, explain to, to the kids in the present. Because, uh, you know, every single time she dies, it resets and they forget everything. So she has to, like, teach them quantum mechanics so that they can, mm-hmm. do like, pick up where they left off last time. Um, but yeah. they're able to, she's able to um, get the code right. Um, and they basically are like, okay, so you have until, like, the end of the day to, like, reset the loop and, like, do everything you need to do before you'll wake up the next day, or, mm-hmm. you, like, if you die, you'll wake up the next day, you know, elsewhere. So, yeah. she, now she's got to choose if she's going to stay here, or if she's going to, you know, go back to where she came from. And because Carter's like, listen, you can't stay here. Use this time to say goodbye to your mom, like, on your terms. Because we don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we know what happened to Tree's mom, or if it, we did, she still has a lot of hang-ups over what happened. Yeah. But in this case, like, she's feeling guilty about wanting to stay but mm-hmm. she's like but I need this I need you like I just need you around and for some reason she's like but like I love Carter though and I want to go back to my no, reality what, it, what I she, think it is at least okay. how I read into this is the thing that finally is the reason she decides to go back is um, the night when she's like okay I'm just going to stay here and you guys can do this I'm going to go with my family to a hotel yes that's right um she and her mom start talking. She talks talking, to her mom. Her mom is talking about a memory of a birthday they shared that Tree wasn't around for. The memories right. in this universe aren't hers. This yeah. isn't... She's not the tree that her mom knows. She is now living a life she has never lived in before. Right. Like she cannot do that. And that's when she decides to... Because they're about to set the timeline right and keep her there. And so this is her, like, final death before fixing everything, is she drives into a power station so the reactor can't start because she doesn't want the reactor to happen. She found out that Lori and Carter both died that night while she was in the hotel, and she now knows that she can't spend her life living a lie with her mom. Yeah. Yeah, like, this was... Which all is is heartbreaking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is where the movie just goes, oh, shit. I thought it was a goofy, like, quantum fucking time travel movie. And like, no, no, no. Mm. It's quite real. 
There's a lot happening here. Lots one pack. And so she does have this final day where she confronts Laurie and is like, hey, you shouldn't be having an affair with the professor anymore. Right, because um, he... has her final goodbye with her mom. The reason that Laurie was trying to kill Tree in the first movie at all was because she's like, I want to sleep with the married doctor, and he's sleeping with you instead. Which yeah. is problematic, but yeah, so she's doing it because she's unintruded, but she feels bad about it. Like, she, that character gets some redemption where it's like, you know... She got what she wanted, but she's like, this is kind of shitty, and I don't like it, and he's kind of a, of a prick. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, because both her and Carter are going to die, like, die um, and yeah. she's kind of reconciled with them, she's like, well, I can't let them die if I can save them, and if I can go back, and we can actually mm-hmm. get me out of here. Yeah. Uh, and so they start to set up, because they know what algorithm is going to work. However... Dean Bronson shows up and is like, hey, you're not using the reactor. And Tree is like, god damn it, I cannot die again. We need to get this device back. Yeah. <laughs> and so they send in Danielle as Listen, a I- <laughs> French exchange student. So slightly before this, we learn, uh, Tree learns that Danielle is actually cheating on Carter with some other guy who's really, mm-hmm. who's really dumb and so dumb that it's hilarious. And I love him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a lot of very positive, like, dumb male side characters, and I really appreciate yes. it. Because they do it in a way that's, like, not disrespectful. Because he's like, mm-hmm. listen, Danielle, this guy's dumber than a box of rocks. And he's like, hey now, how could a rock be dumb? They don't even have brains. And I'm like, listen, he has a point. How can something that isn't alive be dumb? Think about that tree. You, you're named after a tree, so how about, you know. Anyway, so you're right. They This movie goes from being super heartfelt and real, and I'm like, man, tree learned more about herself. And then it just takes this left turn into a comedy like, a straight-up, goofy college, like, comedy movie. Like, a fucking Revenge of the Nerds type movie. Yeah. <laughs> they send in Danielle to pretend like she's a blind French exchange student while they just, like, <laughs> steal the machine. <laughs> and, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you know what? It works. It works! It totally, totally works. <laughs> and so, yeah, because... Danielle is, is a character in that scene. She is. Like, she's a she, ham. She hams it up for certain. And she gets the job done. She's a fucking dedicated actress, man. Well, yeah, she beats the shit out of the Dean with her blind stick. <laughs> her blind stick? I don't remember what it's actually called. <laughs> it sounds like an item in D&D that if you hit somebody with it, they go blind. They go blind. <laughs> I'm throwing that in my next campaign. That's actually uh-huh. a brilliant idea. You have a blind man's cane. If he hits you with it, you go blind. I kind of like that. I love that. That's horrifying. Um, (laughs) But so, while Ryan is readying the device they have successfully stolen back, Tree is going to the hospital to try to save Lori from tombs. Um, However, this is when we find out who the second babyface killer truly is. Right. And has been all along in this reality. It is (gasps) the married doctor who's trying to bury the evidence of his affair by killing Lori. Listen, this sounds like a Scooby-Doo villain, like, justification for his motives. Because in Scooby-Doo, they can't have anyone kill, so they just Mm -hmm. say, well, instead, I'm gonna dress up like a velociraptor and scare everybody away so I can dig for the diamond dinosaur bones or whatever. Because that's every episode of Scooby-Doo, and I love it. Killing somebody... In a murder, in a mock murder spree to cover up the murder that you did to cover up your affair, is a Scooby Doo villain level like plan executed <laughs> in a horrible, like sad way. Because he was gonna let this guy out to kill God knows how many people so that he yeah. could murder the woman that he's cheating on his wife with. And what's worse. His wife is in cahoots with him about I, this. That shit was unbelievable. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the wife like, is the down? Wife is, the wife is like, yeah, this is the plan that'll work to save our marriage. This is mind-numbingly insane. Like, at that point, like, if you're Tree, because Tree, like, figured it out. She's like, it's the doctor because mm-hmm. he's an asshole. And then his wife yeah. shows up and shoots Lori. 
And she's like, wait, what the fuck? Um, okay. <laughs> and then, to make matters worse, the he doctor shoots his wife. Shoots his wife. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then says, I want a divorce. Like, it's a joke. Why didn't you just kill your wife? Why didn't you just kill your wife? Why didn't you just kill your wife? Good God! <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm sorry! If you're gonna no, kill you're somebody... Right. <laughs> like, why make so many people? You why, exactly? This. You could've just killed your wife and made it look like an accident. I don't know, you're a doctor. Literally, like, you could've done any... No- Danny, I'm so mad right now. You could've done so many other things that would've never been traceable. And you decided to dress up a murderer like a baby and let him murder people? For same. I thought you went to medical school. Anyway, so rant anyway, over. <laughs> tree, tree manages to outthink the doctor and kills him. Uh, Lori does survive her gunshot wound. Um... And as the reactor starts to activate, Tree and Carter in this universe share a kiss while there's, like, an exploding light above them. Because the cool. reactor is using so much power. Oh, it so is kind of rad. I'm not going to It's really lie. rad. Um, and she does wake up after the explosion on September 19th of the original timeline reactor. She's so back in her own timeline. Her experiences don't count at this movie at all. It's only what she has experienced at the by the end of the first movie that sticks, right? Well, for everybody else, yes. She still right. has to live knowing everything that she went through in this Right, movie. right, right, yeah. But I mean, for, yeah, so for everybody else, like, so she's cool with her dad, her and Carter are cool, and Sissy yeah. is most likely gonna be defunded, or is it? Well, it gets worse. <laughs> Listen, this movie takes <laughs> another left turn that is, uh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, um, the Quantum Gang, as I'm gonna call them, and Tree, um, are escorted by agents to the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency Laboratory, the where Blumhouse they've taken Labs. Sissy for further it's experimentation. <laughs> Tree's gonna become, like, the Blumhouse Universe's Nick Fury, and she's gonna show up at the end of every movie and be like, we're here to talk to you about the Blumhouse Initiative. And it's, like, all of them teaming up to beat the, like, the last demon from Insidious or whatever. Yes. It's like the Crisis on Infinite Earths for Blumhouse. Well, and then the agent's like, hey, we need a test subject to make sure we know how this machine works. And Tree's like, I know who can do it, and it's not her. It's she Danielle. sends Danielle into a hellscape of a reality where she doesn't know what's going on. Because Danielle, in this universe, knows nothing about what's been going on this whole time. But she still sucks, though, remember? <laughs> but she does still suck. I don't know, man. And Maybe that... she'll come back as, like, a crazy interdimensional, like, traveler. Like, Superpowered Quantumania. <laughs> she'll be like, Kang! Uh Ooh. <laughs> okay, I would actually be okay if she comes back as the villain in the next one. That Guys, this movie really is so, so silly, but it's really good, too. <laughs> like, I kind of yes. want them to make more of these. If they continue to make it, like, about the mm-hmm. goof, you know, I could I yeah. could go with it, you know? Um. So, yeah, that is the end of Happy Death Day to you. Um, and... As su- this movie didn't do as well as they hoped at the box office. It was still a very um, profitable movie, but not as much as they expected. So a third movie was um, kind of put on the back burner for a little while. But um, as early as 2020, um, Jason Blum himself was like, well, other studios may have canceled a follow-up because of how it did financially. A third movie's still on my radar, and I'm working on it happening. And he literally just year, wants it for him. Like, he just loves it, and he's like, I want another movie. Later that year, Christopher Landon um, confirmed that um, a script he was working on in active development was tentatively titled Happy Death Day to Us. 
Ooh. Um, and that a script had been outlined and was waiting approval from Universal. And as uh, recent as February of this year, Landon has confirmed that he has officially pitched the third film. Oh. And I know for a while there were rumors that it will interact Tree from this movie with um, Tree from oh, what's the other her name one. from Freaky. Ooh! So it is gonna cross over. <laughs> there's, there's. We're not certain yet, but I think that's what the us is. It's gonna be the two of them having to work together when they accidentally end up in the same universe. Yeah, if I, I would have expected like two trees, like in the same. That would. You know what or, I, mean? I was gonna say it may be that more than just tree is trapped in a time loop. Then maybe if there's or a two bunch people. of trees, Ooh, a big forest, multiverse of tree, multiverse of tree. Yeah, it's like into the the tree verse. <laughs> it's the death day verse. You know what, Danny? That would work. That actually would be. I'd be I'd be really down for that. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets to play like twenty different versions of herself. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's what we need. That's what Jessica Roth needs for her career. Let her play uh, that is so awesome. millions of version of herself. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I realized right right at the end of the movie. So it's this is Happy Death Day two, and then the letter U, and I went, mm-hmm. oh, it stands for two universes. Mm-hmm. I love that. And to us, it's just literally adding an S on the end of that. Yeah. Because so far, it's been like, we're going to put a 2 and a U, and then an S, <laughs> and then an infinity <laughs> symbol. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, it'll be Tree finding the Death Stones and taking over. <laughs> the baby mask. <laughs> Yeah, and then she becomes Michael Myers. Then she becomes Kang. <laughs> I'm down for it. <laughs> if anyone at Blumhouse is listening to us, we've got your cinematic universe. Just on hire line. us. We'll, we'll fucking make it do happen. It. Because what's going to happen is we'll be doing this just like we are right now as a joke, and then we'll stop laughing at once and go, that's not bad. Wait. Like, when Bell and I, like, I still haven't sent you Bell and I's thoughts about Scream 6, but, like, we had a moment where it was that type of shit, where we were mm-hmm. like, wait, holy shit, we could make this work. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I just finished... Grad school, Danny. Thank you very much for uh, addressing that earlier. Um, but I do say, um, grad projects that are about stopping time or slowing time yeah. or anything like that. Um, I'm just gonna say, think lower. Just kind of scale it down a little bit. <laughs> think about maybe solving a problem we like really need solved, and mm-hmm. focus your research on that because um, you'll get a lot more money for it. I can tell you that much. And until next time, you all stay spooky out there. 